are sweet expressions. There are sweet expressions on each face. And I know, and I know, sing it. that is the presence of the Lord. Come on, let's just call on him. Sing, sweet Holy Spirit, sweet. Good morning, Tabernacle. It's so good to be with you again on another Sabbath day. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this morning, uh, I, 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 I'm indeed <clears throat> thankful to God for the opportunity to share with you. During the past month or so, I've been studying through the book of Numbers, and we've gotten some insights um, in that book, and I'd like to share some of those insights with you this morning. Before we begin, I've asked um, Sister Dominique Diamboy to be with me this morning to help me do some of our reading, and uh, I will ask that we bow our heads as, as we pray as before we proceed with the message. Father, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength 
and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings take over Numbers chapter 13 and verses 26 through 33. If you have your Bibles at home, uh, you can turn to Numbers chapter 13. We'll be reading from verses 26 through 33. Uh, Sister D, could you help us here with the scripture reading this morning? Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in that land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we had gone had spies in the land that devours its inhabitant. And all the people through which we have gone have spies in the lands that devour its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, come from the giants. Have mercy. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we grasshoppers in their sights. Have mercy. One year after leaving Egypt, guided by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, the children of Israel uh, came to the border of the promised land. In that year, they witnessed the mighty works of God, the parting of the Red Sea, manna coming from heaven to feed a hungry nation uh, of, of more than two million people, water coming from the rock to quench their parched and thirsty lips. In that year, they had received the oracles of God, the Ten Commandments, the law of God, instructions on community relations, physical and environmental health, and the sanctuary services. In the effort to help them see through or, or, or see life in the spiritual, uh, God brought them in out of Egypt, uh, kept them in the wilderness, and taught them about him. I must say, he's doing the same for us today as we prepare for our entrance into the heavenly Canaan. He wanted them to realize that in life, the relationship they had with God in the spiritual arena determines the relationship uh, they enjoy with him and others in the natural arena. For one year, God, with the help of Moses, personally prepared Israel to enter Canaan. Now they stood perched on the border of the promised land. One year later, God had fulfilled his promise to Israel and presented them with uh, the golden opportunity of entering a land flowing with milk and honey. However, Rather than choosing to follow God's plan and enter the land, they chose to obey human voices. They, rather than listening to the spiritual, they choose to live in the natural. They listen to 10 men, 10 men who only live in the natural and reason the, 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 the people are too tall, the cities are too wall. We are but grasshoppers. We will surely be destroyed. We we cannot take this land. God has brought us to the wilderness to destroy us. 
have mercy. In life, we can choose to live in the spiritual or we can choose to live in the natural. They decided that they would live in the natural. Survival in our world today, survival in, our, in, in the world today demands that we learn to live in the natural. That is, we are expected to live by worldly, humanistic, man-made standards that have uh, been arrived at from accessing the best available scientific and cultural tr traditions. Every situation we face, every action we, taste, we take is encouraged based on the best available scientific information. We live by what quantitative and qualitative research reveals. When scientific data is not available to support a practice, we choose the most widely accepted tradition. As it were, science becomes the new god, and all other gods must bow down and worship at its feet. A perfect example of this can be seen in, in, in our world today. In the recent briefings about the coronavirus, we uh, see uh, the the respected leaders in our country telling us that we should follow what the science says. If science does not support a recommendation, it is less noteworthy. The philosophy of living in the natural does not extend only to public health, it, it applies also to every aspect of our lives. We are, are with the dawn of the uh, information age, as or, or we call it, the, the dawn of, the, of reason, the enlightenment, as some scholars call, call it, man's dependency on human devices or humanly devised values as solutions to their problems has increasingly dominated our way of life. If science and reason say to go in a particular direction, then we follow. The path may be wrong and casualties may be incurred, but we have convinced ourselves that as time elapses, we will be able to recognize our mistakes, evaluate the problem, and make a more informed evidence-based decision to potentially secure a better future. Furthermore, if we fail to follow this statistically based model of living, we will face penalties, fines, and sometimes even imprisonment. Consequently, uh, the way we live is based on man-made directives that are derived from uh, observations of life in the natural world. We cannot proceed or progress uh, in any sphere of life unless we learn how to live in the, in the natural. This way of living is ingrained in our culture and has been passed on from generation to generation. Our children grow up knowing and, and learning only to trust in the new gods, science and reason. No doubt, science and reason have brought amazing contributions to our culture. We live today in the, in, in the computer age, uh, computer technology uh, that can uh, guide a spacecraft to the outer limits of the galaxy. We have experimental methods that have aided us in the development of wonder drugs and also the savvy to develop artificial intelligence to aid in household chores. All you have to do is tell Alexa to do it and she does it for you. But even, the, but even though reason and science have their benefits, when they assume primacy in our lives, they can lead to significant problems in our experience. When reason and science do not have the answers, we, re we revert back to a state of frenzy and fear, and, and, and faith dies. Uh, and all we can do uh, in our despair is to watch thousands of people suffer and die directly or indirectly as a result of our God's failing. As we wait for our gods to come up with a, a vaccine or a cure, we 
and our children have to recourse, uh, have no recourse, but to endure the horrific consequences of, of serving new gods. As a consequence, social dysfunction work worsens. We become anxious and confrontational, depressed and suicidal uh, as seemingly secure relationships become strained. Divorce rates go up. Domestic violence, violence or domestic abuse increases. Suicidal rates, rates rise. We, we turn to other gods for deliverance, to entertainment and alcohol, recreational drugs and sexual immorality, voodoo and violence, only to find a deeper entrapment. Find it, finding it impossible to extricate ourselves from these societal traps, even with the help of others, some lose hope and ultimately perish. Despite all the benefits of growing up in the natural, outcomes sometimes prove harmful to our well-being. Living in the natural can be costly. There is uh, a, another dimension, however, to, to living in the natural. It, it, living in the natural tends to dumb dung or faith in God. Uh, it inactivates our prayer lives. It, it eliminates Bible study. It, it deters us from active witnessing and promotes the works of the flesh. People who live in the natural spend more time involved in superficial and non-essential things of, of life. More time gossiping than in dispensing grace. More time on the superficial uh, social media activities than in serious study of the word of God. More time playing video games than visiting those in need. More time watching movies than in mentoring the lost. More time seeking satisfying entertainment than in preparing oneself to enter the kingdom of God. If your life is characterized by these behaviors, you are living in the natural. If your primary concern in life is the clothing you wear, uh, the capacity of your pantry, the car you drive, the house you live in, or, 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 or your position at work, you are living in the natural. If you attend church but have no connection with Jesus Christ, you are living in the natural. If you feel comfortable in this world, you are living in the natural. If you believe that you have or can get everything you need and do not need anything from God, you are living in the natural. When we live in the natural, the things of this world become more attractive than the things of God, and our relationship with him becomes non-existent. The apostle uh, John has some advice for us, for us Dominique. What, what, what did he have to tell us? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. That's why the songwriter Helen Lemel encourages us, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, today I want to remind you that even though we live in the natural, we were also created to live in the spiritual. Unless we live in the spiritual, unless we are guided by the Spirit, we cannot know the will of God. Moreover, 
He wants us to know that living in the spiritual must supersede living in the natural. When we live in the spiritual, we allow God's law, his revelations, his ideology to reign supremely in our lives. We seek first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness and realize that his ways must supersede those of all other gods. When we live in the spiritual, we see life from God's point of view, benefit from his grace and bear the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23. When we have, uh, uh, we must have a heightened understanding of God's dealings in our culture. And in order to do this, we can only do it by living in the, the spiritual. We, when we live in the spiritual, we acquire insights into the implications of prophecy, develop a clear appreciation of what God is trying to accomplish in our world, and we work to accomplish those purposes. When we live in the spiritual, our minds become synchronized with the mind of God. Hallelujah this morning. When we live in the spiritual, my mind becomes synchronized with the mind of God. We present our bodies to him daily as a living sacrifice. We appreciate what is good and acceptable and perfect. We reproduce the character of God in our lives. Hallelujah this morning. Don't you want to live like God? Don't you want to live in the spiritual? This does not happen because of some scientific formula, but it happens because we surrender our lives to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God comes to live in us. In this state, we get to know God's will and experience the supernatural. Hallelujah this morning. Are you living in the spiritual this morning? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? If you have not, I urge you to make that surrender to Today. Today is the accepted time. The prophet Isaiah has some advice for us, Dominique, as to what we ought to do. Can you tell us what he says? He says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are uh, like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, Mercy. for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This morning I want all of us to know that life does not exist only in the natural, as so many seem to believe today, but life also exists in the spiritual, uh, and we must seek to live in that dimension. That's why Jesus encouraged us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This morning, <clears throat> I am happy that God does not only live in the, in the natural. As a matter of fact, he primarily exists in the spiritual and desires that every human being does the same. In this realm, God governs the universe, working out his eternal purposes uh, and, uh, for, for all mankind and for the entire creation. What he does in the spiritual determine what happens in the natural. The, the infinite variables that he orchestrates in operating the universe are unknown to and cannot be understood, understood by human beings. We who live in the natural cannot understand that. The Apostle Paul explains this quite clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, Dominic, can, can you t uh, tell us what the Apostle Paul had to say about about this dimension or this dynamic of, of or learning to live in the spiritual? No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. And, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. When we tell you these things, 
We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Only way we can get to know God is by living in the spiritual. You know, one of the main processes that God orchestrates in the universe is the salvation of humanity. This is an intervention to redeem sinful man and ready him for eternal life with his creator. It is a cause to which God has extended all of heaven's resources. He even sent his only begotten son to die to secure this objective, according to John 3.16. That's how committed he is to, to the process. He is seeking to accomplish this goal, return to earth, and reunite all those who live in the spiritual with him. Hallelujah this morning. Don't you want to be united with God? That's why in Jesus' model prayer, he encourages us to he encouraged us to say praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. God's plan is to accomplish in the natural that which he has ordained in the spiritual. God wants his law, his ideals, his character, uh, his will to be perfectly expressed in individuals living on earth so that they can live with him in glory. I like the way how Ellen White says it. Uh, Dominique, can can you tell us what she says on this particular passage? The warfare in which we are engaged is largely mental, and the mind that is in that is the most thoroughly trained, will do the most acceptable work. Poor soldiers will be those whose power have, through long disuse, become well nigh incapable of exercise. It is the most dangerous thing for one who professes to be a soldier of Christ to be inexperienced, inefficient, and unable to render real, earnest, sincere service to the Lord. The servants of Christ should seek to understand the requirements of this time. The conditions of warfare are not what they were years ago because increased light has been shining upon us and great and solemn warnings have come to us. Unless we have an understanding of the times in which we live, We may, even with the best intentions, make great mistakes and stand in the way of the advancement of the work. The claims upon the Christians are the same now as ever, perfect obedience. But Satan's attacks are more deceptive. His manner of warfare is so different from that expected that unless the senses are sharpened, to comprehend his plans, we shall not be prepared for defense. Satan has many wily agents who will avail themselves of every mean to assault those who vindicate the claims of God's law. They may not meet them in open warfare with arguments, but will work with all their powers to press them into difficult places to restrict their privileges and liberties, and to annoy them in other ways. Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come and claim them as his own. Hallelujah this morning. Unfortunately, Godly forces 
are not the only forces that have influence in the spiritual world. There is also an enemy of God who seeks to destabilize his rule and to obstruct the implementation of God's will on earth. The apostle Peter warns us, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom him he may devour. Then the apostle John adds uh, in Revelation chapter uh, uh, 12 and verse 17, he adds, And the dragon was wrought with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, uh, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. H having lived in the natural so long, uh, uh, Israel found herself unable to choose the spiritual. That's why as those 10 spies came back from, from the, spying out the land of, of, of Canaan, they, they were convinced that they could not make it into Canaan land. Uh, they were having grave difficulty in choosing to live in the spiritual. The enemy had deceived them and he deceives us. Uh, we fail to understand that the warfare in which we are involved is pr not primarily in the natural, but in the, in the spiritual. Uh, the apostle plainly says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places we have become so accustomed to living in the natural we have become so dependent on our own gods we have become so dependent on reason and science that we no longer are able to live in the spiritual. We focus on fighting in the natural. Uh, we concede the, or the fight in the spiritual. Uh, when, when we fight in the natural, we tend not to be able to fight in the spiritual. We have to make that transformation to living in the spiritual so that we can fight in the spiritual. That's why the wise man Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The warfare in which we are engaged is largely mental. And the mind that is in the most thoroughly trained will do the most acceptable work. Poor soldiers will, they be those whose powers are long discussed and become incapable of exercise. It is the most dangerous thing for one to profess to be a soldier and be inexperienced, inefficient, and unable to render real and earnest service to God. The servants of God should understand and seek to understand the requirements of our time. The conditions of warfare are different from what they were before. And because of enlightenment and the light that's been shining on us and the great warnings that we have received, unless we have an understanding of the time in which we live, we may even, with the best of intention, make great mistakes and stand in the way of the advancement of the work the claims upon which Christians are standing are the same. We must be perfectly obedient to God, even though Satan's attacks are deceptive. The way in which he attacks us is unexpected, and sometimes if we are not sharpening our senses, we will miss the cues and misunderstand his plans. We shall not be prepared to defend ourselves. Satan has wily agents who will avail themselves of every mean to assault us. They may not meet us openly, but their arguments and their weapons will cause us to be displaced 
and to try to shake the way that we obey God and annoy us in different ways. Life in the natural was all that the children of Israel knew while they were living in Egypt. All they knew was Egyptian science, Egyptian culture. Despite hearing and learning the stories of their fathers who had come from beyond the river, stories about Abraham and about Isaac and about Jacob, whose name was ultimately changed to Israel, they had little sense of a connection to their fathers and little sense of a connection to their father's God. With the death of Joseph and the accession of a new pharaoh, they had lost their protected status in Egypt. Reduced to slaves, their hope for God's promised deliverance faded to a faint glimmer. Disenfranchised and discriminated against, they hoped for the day when God's promise of their father, to their fathers would be fulfilled, when deliverance from Egypt would come and they would be relocated in the promised land. However, living in the natural, it seemed as though this day would never come. Such a promise seemed to be a myth, as we say in the Caribbean, a Nancy story. Their, their, their faith was dying. It's a story that parallels ours today. Many of us have heard a similar story that one day Jesus would come and that we will be taken off to him to, from this sin-cursed earth to, to live with him in glory forever and ever. But today we still wait. We still wait for possible deliverance. But I am happy today that I serve a God who does not live only in the natural, but I serve a God who supersedes the natural. One day... One day, some 400 years after God had made that promise to Abraham, Moses showed up in Egypt. This event was not on the sociological, scientific, or technological radar, but I am Saint Moses. Sometimes things happen without any reason or warning from the scientific community. They happen because God decides to intervene in human society to, to accomplish his will. And unless we are living in the spiritual, we will be unable to recognize God's moving. This morning, I am happy that I serve a God who supersedes life in the natural to accomplish his purposes. This has been God's MO throughout human history. When the time came, he allowed Eve to conceive and, and bear a son whose from whose lineage would uh, the, the Messiah would be fathered. When the time, the, the time came, he called Noah to preach an unscientific message to save a remnant and to replenish the world. Uh, uh, when the time came, he called Abraham to leave his homeland and journey to an unknown place to develop offspring that would serve him. When the time came, he sent Joseph ahead to, of his brothers to Egypt, as Joseph would say, to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. When the time came, God sent Moses to deliver his people from Israel. Living in the natural could not recognize, uh, people cannot recognize God's movements. But when we live in the spiritual, we can recognize God's movement. These events, these events did not allow uh, and define or come from the result of science scientific theory. They happen because God intervened. They, they happen because God cared about his people. They happen because God wanted to do something that he had promised. And this morning, I want to let you know that whatever God has promised, he is able to perform. When God is ready to intervene, he will. This morning, I ask you, are you living in the spiritual? Are you living in the spiritual? Can you appreciate and understand what God is doing in our times? 
In the past year, we have heard a, a, a series, or we have seen a witness, a, a series of worse than disasters after uh, various kinds in, in the world. Uh, and this, this past July, we, we saw the, the wildfires in Australia that caused unfathomable environmental destruction. We witnessed a deadly hurricane season in the Caribbean, spearheaded by Hurricane Dorian, that Category 5 storm that, that destroyed Abaco and Grand Bahama. Up to today, we still don't even know how many people perish in the Bahamas. To culminate the year, there was the discovery of the novel coronavirus known as SARS-2 CoV. Uh, this viral infection that causes the disease uh, uh, COVID-19 is now a ruthless pandemic causing unprecedented destruction worldwide, bringing world economies to their knees and killing over 200,000 people have mercy Lord people are you watching what's happening this combination of events reminds us of the words of Jesus which he said in regards to what will happen in at the end of time Dominic tell us what did Jesus have to say and you will hear of wars and rumors of war see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass and the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. For those who live in the spiritual, these disasters raise concern and challenge us to examine our readiness to meet Jesus Christ when he comes again. Uh, uh, the spirit of prophecy has some, some quite timely remarks on, 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 in this area. Dominic, can you tell us what the servant of the Lord had to say there in, in Review and Herald, November 12, 1914? There are many, many in our churches who have but a limited understanding of the real meaning of the truth of this time. I appeal to them not to disregard the fulfillment of the signs of the times, which say so plainly that the end is near. Oh, how many who have not sought their soul's salvation will soon make the bitter lamentation. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and I am not saved. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you are not in that crowd. We must avoid the pitfalls of ancient Israel. For us, life in the spiritual must supersede life in the natural. If we are to understand the times in which we're living, if we are to be ready for our deliverance, we must be a people who live in the spiritual. Could it be that like ancient Israel, we are standing on the border of the heavenly Canaan and do not realize it? Could it be that we, like them, and even like Lot's wife, have become so contented with life in the natural that we disregard life in the spiritual? Again and again, uh, we have seen God act on time. When the fullness of time came, God set forth his son to pray the price for your redemption and my redemption on Calvary. When the fullness of time came, God sent the Holy Spirit to live in you and to live in me so that we could become uh, a people free of condemnation. When the fullness of time comes, he will send Jesus to this earth again to claim the redeemed. We can trust God. This morning, I encourage you to live in the spiritual and be blessed when Jesus comes again. When the time is right, God always acts. But but if anyone wants to understand what he's doing, if anyone wants to benefit from his promise, they must live in the spiritual. Dominique, could you help us get there, close to the heart of God? Can you sing that song for us? There is 
to get ready it's time to be ready for indeed we are nearing home we are standing on the brink of the heavenly Canaan do you understand the times in which we are living do you appreciate what God is doing or are you so blinded by living in the natural today we need to live in the spiritual as the songwriter says, can you see the glory or see the splendor gleaming from the dooms afar? Can you see the glory streaming through the gates ajar? There we soon will enter, never more to roam. Hear the angels singing, we are nearing home. This morning, I want to let you know that indeed we are nearing home. If you do not have a relationship with God, I urge you to start a relationship with Him today. I urge you to start living in the spiritual. If you have walked away from God, perhaps today provides an opportunity for you to come back home to God. This is not a time to be just living in the natural. This is a time when you need to have a relationship with God. You need to be living in the spiritual. You need to appreciate what he's doing. You need to appreciate the salvation that he came to bring for you. You need to accept that salvation and make God yours. This morning, I offer you that opportunity to come to know God. Will you come? Will you come? He has said, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. You have an opportunity like no other to join the family of God this morning, to become one of his children, to be ready to go home with him when he comes again. I, I offer you Jesus this morning. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Let the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This morning, this morning, today, accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Accept him today and find that place near to the heart of God. If you have made that decision this morning, 
just contact us on our website and let us know. Instructions will appear on your screen as to what you need to do. And I'm going to ask Sister Diamboy to, to, to give a consecratory prayer for you at this time so that that commitment will be sealed by prayer today. May God bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. Kind and loving Heavenly Father, how excellent is your name. God, even before the creation of the world, you planned this day. You planned this time, God. You knew that we would fail and you had a foolproof plan for our salvation. Father, so many of us are blinded by the things of this world and we don't realize that you are even at the door. God, have mercy on our soul and give us time to come to come before the, close, the doors are closed. Father, there are many who are watching online, who are listening, and who have made the decision to turn their lives upon Jesus, to turn their eyes towards the cross, and to live near to the heart of God. Lord, those of us who've been in this church for a long time, help us to remember that we may have heard this message from birth, but the time is still nearer now than it was then. And you are still coming. You have not changed your plan. Father, help us to be ready to make our election sure. Father, we pray for those who are still teetering on the edge of the good land where milk and honey flows. We pray for those who are still blinded and still not sure of which way to go. Father, we pray that you will light a path so clear before their eyes that they'll have no choice but to go and follow the narrow way that leads to salvation. God, erase and remove every distraction in the name of Jesus, Father. Give them clarity of mind and of spirit. Give them a conviction in their hearts that this is the time this is the moment this is the day to give our lives to you so that you can save us father because you desire to save all of us in your kingdom god may your grace and your mercy comfort us may you envelop us with your spirit May you protect our souls, Father, even in the midst of this coronavirus. May our souls be safe and secure in your hands, knowing that where we stand with you, no thing, not even death, can separate us from your love. We praise you, we love you, we worship you, and we magnify your name for all the things that you have done, for who you are, and will continue to be in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Dr. Carrington, thank you so much for that powerful word. A reminder that although we live in a natural world, that we serve a supernatural God, even when we face these supernatural problems and we're in the midst of this supernatural fight, that we have to worship him supernaturally in the spiritual realm and not be distracted by the things of this world. I'd like to remind you that we will continue with our worship uh, this afternoon at six. Uh, if you'd like to join the Grow Group that deals with uh, Revelation, right? Revelation Revealed, that's at 3.30 p.m. You can find more information about that Grow Group by uh, visiting us at tabsda.org slash connect, and you can find information on our grow groups there. I received word that our youth department will be having youth church next Sabbath. And at 12 p.m. next Sabbath via Zoom, they will be worshiping together. So you can find more information on that. We'll share that via email this week and make it available on our website as well. Uh, thank you again for worshiping with us today. We'll close with a brief prayer. Father God, we're so grateful for the mighty word that we heard from Dr. Carrington today. It is my hope and my prayer that someone listening has made a decision to follow you today. We pray that they will uh, dedicate themselves from this point out, this point forward, and walk in harmony with your word. 
and trust that you are a supernatural God who is fighting the supernatural fight on our behalf. Be with us as, as we depart from this worship experience, but never depart from your presence. This is the name by this is my prayer in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again.
Thank you for joining us for our worship experience today at Tabernacle. It is our hope and our prayer that you have received a blessing from today's service. If you're watching us on Facebook, remember to follow and like our page. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe so you can join us for future worship experiences. Because when you miss a week, you miss a lot at Tabernacle.